0: Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Please give a warm round of applause for our guest moderator, editor of self-titled magazine, Andrew Parks, and of course our guest this evening, composer,
1: Oliver Arnolds.
0: As you can see, I do this a lot.
1: He was confused we should probably, by stage left. Uh, yes, that that's stage left.
0: That stage left. Now I know that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I think we should clap uh, once more because this guy over here has the number one classical record in the country right now.
1: It's I think a bit it's of a weird traditional weird. classical record. In traditional, the too. Yeah, which it's is a separate <laughs> charts. I, I don't know what it is. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you almost insulted by that? That it's traditional as opposed to? It, f- it feels a little bit like a marketing gimmick to me. I, uh, okay. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm really traditional,
0: classical. Right. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of uh, marketing, if you didn't know yet, his record is out right now and it's available on iTunes. And there's a bonus track on that. So I wanted to start off the night talking actually about metal music because that's actually where your background is. And I feel like a lot of what happens on this new record actually circles back to what you did as a metal musician. So if you could just start a little bit talking about being an fort- angry 14-year-old in the <laughs> hardcore bands, which name we will not say here.
1: Yeah, uh, we can't say the name of my band here. It's
0: fighting and an S-word. So yeah. yeah. There you go. But I kind of want to th- be
1: beeped out. Can I be beeped out?
0: Uh, go for it. It was called
1: fighting shit. There you go. <laughs> They'll be it out, don't worry yeah. so
0: so let's start about uh, talking about that like the I don't have any idea what the hardcore scene would have been like in Iceland, so
1: yeah, um, yeah, you kind of said it all i was I was an angry teenager <laughs> um no, but I, I kind of grew up in the punk scene, actually punk rather than metal, actually um there's a difference <laughs> for those who don't know um and I was a drummer, I studied drums in uh Uh, kind of jazz conservatory. Um, But on the side, I've always been playing piano as well, and maybe when I was 15, 16, I got really interested in movie scores, and that kind of got me into more classical music.
0: So what was the draw of movie scores that you got out of that that you weren't necessarily getting out of punk music?
1: I don't know. Just some serenity, in a way. (laughs) Because um, so I, I, by nature I'm not really this really angry. I wasn't really an angry teenager. I was just right. really sad, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, it it kind of speaks to me in a way this slow music.
0: Right. So can we talk a little bit about uh, the schooling that you went through? Because I know you actually didn't finish. Um.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I decided to go and study classical composition because I was really interested in this. So I went to the. Icelandic University of the Arts to um, yeah, study traditional classical composition when I was 20, I think, um, but I dropped out after the first year um, because. Well, I felt like um, I was kind of being pushed in directions that I didn't want to go. Um, right. A lot of a lot of modern classical music is music that I actually personally I like it, but I didn't get much out of. Creating it because it's so much about formulas, or like with my the, with the teacher I had, it was very much about that. Of course, there's many different types of teachings and ways of composing, but I was really being pushed in a direction of math formulas and making music that way. Well, I am very much into making music. Kind so of it took all the emotion out of it. Yeah, for you. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but besides that, I was starting a career in this, and that was kind of taking off, so I, I, I was privileged to be able to choose between studying music or making it my job. Yeah.
0: And the reason why I brought up metal before, too, is that that's actually how you got discovered as a composer, right? Is you did some uh, interlude work for Heaven Shall Burn. <laughs> Can we Track? say that? Heaven Shall <coughs> Burn is okay, yes. <laughs> But you you did we can some say those three
1: words separately, but uh, not together. There you yeah.
0: go. But <laughs> so you did some music for them, right? Because you were a fan of theirs, and then.
1: Yeah, well, my punk band supported them. There this is a really big metal band in Europe, and and my band was supporting them on tour. And I gave a demo to the guitar player of my piano music. And I was called up a couple of months later. They were m- making a new record and asked me if I could make like a piano intro <laughs> to their record, like build up the epicness. Just get the the fist pumping properly. Yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I did that and at that point I wasn't really thinking about becoming a this is when I was 16 actually or 15-16 and I wasn't actually really I hadn't decided to become a composer I wasn't planning on making a record or anything like that but uh, I did these couple of songs and um, then after their album came out uh, a record label calls me up and asks me if I would be interested in making e- making a record with with music like that, which I hadn't thought about at all. But I just said yes and and made a record.
0: And did you feel fairly comfortable writing your own music, oh, or did totally. it take a little yeah. while because <laughs> to, because it was just so liberating to get out of that whole mathematical way of thinking with? composition? Well, that was
1: not until later when I started studying it. Yeah. So um, I had already made my first record before I started studying classical composition. Um, right. But yeah, it was kind of nerve-wracking to do a, you know, just get a record contract out of nowhere, and somebody somebody puts this trust in you that they just believe that you can make a record, but you've never done it before. Um, so it took a while, and you know, it's uh, I think it's my first record is very flawed in a way, but it, it has this nice... It's from the heart, you know? It's so do so you feel like it's your most personal
0: record in that way because it was so yeah, unfiltered and... Yeah, I think so, yeah. In yeah, probably. Right, as opposed to, we could shift to the new record, which is first time you've really had a record that had a lot of expectation, a lot of uh, just more of a budget, more time to work on it, more guests working with you, all of that. Um, so leading up to this record, I know you've said in other interviews that you kind of uh, felt that a lot of your other records were sort of going down the same path and you wanted to break away with, from that with this record. So what are some things in your past work that you f- were starting to feel like for you was getting a little bit tiring?
1: Not really any specific things. I, yeah. just <clears throat> I was having a conversation with my uh, friend of mine and <laughs> he was actually really drunk and rude to me and said that, you know, I, I expect more from you and somehow that just really got to me <laughs> and i went home really sad and and insecure about myself and, <laughs> what, what was and, the, and uh, at that moment i just decided okay i'm gonna blow my friend i'm gonna blow him away with this right. record i'm gonna do something because he said you know you you don't you don't have to just play the piano you can you can do so much more than that um and so i i decided to mix a lot more with electronics and try explore some things that I haven't done before, or maybe no one has done before, maybe, I don't know. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, you've you've had some of that uh, as an element in a lot of your past work, right? But you wanted to really just figure out a way to blend it better, I guess,
1: right? Yeah, it's always been kind of a secondary element, but now it's very much in the forefront
0: of the new album. I know you have a sound project that's kind of like a dark techno kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> that in, in the last few years, you had a couple of maybe eye-opening experiences that led to wanting to do more electronic music, or has this just been something that you've always wanted to do?
1: Um, no, I, and I, I consciously tried to explore different genres of music in order to learn something new that I can incorporate. Um, I worked on a pop album last year, um, which is probably why I have vocals on this record. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I did this techno project which led me to explore with synthet- synthesizers and drum machines which I'm using a lot on the record. Um,
0: Is that the hardest thing to learn how to incorporate that without losing the, the basic element that it's still a classical record?
1: No, because to me it, it doesn't have to be a classical record, and I don't know if it really is a classical record. Um, don't tell the the charts. No, don't though. tell iTunes that. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I don't think I would climb w- very high in the pop charts. You know, if it would be classified as a pop record on iTunes, I would probably not be in the top ten. <laughs> so I I, th- I think you know, um, I'm fine with it being classified as as classical. <laughs>
0: So y- you worked with Nico Muli on this record. Can we talk about that a little bit? Uh, I, I don't know if everyone here is aware, but he does have roots in the uh, Icelandic music scene already. He's worked on a lot of the bedroom community records, that are some of which are in the same vein as yours. Um, were you already friends with him for quite a few years and always wanted to work together, and, they, and the opportunity just came up? Yeah. In this um, case
1: we met in a bar one day. spent a
0: lot of time in bars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and he came up to me and said that my hair was really bad, which was really rude. <laughs> he actually, that's the first thing this guy ever said to me in my life. Your hair is horrible. <laughs> it, it, I don't, I don't but really he said, you know, know. you you usually have great hair. Why is it bad now? And right. I was like, who are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you literally didn't know who he was at that point? No, you're I kind of... I mean, you must uh, have. Yeah, 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 I kind of
1: kind of knew, but um, it kind of threw me off guard. But yeah, we started talking about music and... and and later when I was composing this record, I had kind of finished the whole record and I had recorded most of it with a string quartet. Right. Just piano and string quartet and the electronics. Um, and it was almost finished. And some people would just say to me, yeah, your record is finished. But I felt still that like, you know, it was not different enough for, from my last record right. for me to be happy. So so uh,
0: what's what's one example of that? Like a song that maybe
1: changed quite a bit
0: in the process of working with Nico
1: and, and finalizing the record? Um, I guess like Only the Winds is one of the singles. We're just going to release a music video for that uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, that one really changed a lot when we uh, we brought in Nico and the orchestra. That, that changed the whole song. Because um, he, he just took what I had already written and arranged for a string quartet and just took those elements and put in all these wind and brass instruments, and a huge orchestra, right. and also added textures. And made he make, made kind of the character of the record, the sound of it. Which you would describe as what, exactly? I asked. don't know. <laughs> 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 Never ask an artist to define their own ah, music. Right, of course.
0: <laughs> did you find it hard at all having him around as a fellow composer, not like at all that he was ever stepping on your toes? Or did you have pretty clear directions of what you wanted done to the record, since a lot of it was Pretty
1: much ready. to Yeah, I had a pretty pretty clear idea, um, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't watching over his shoulder or anything. But I, yeah, I told him what kind of feeling I wanted to get out of it, and you know, where I wanted more dissonant stuff or more um structural stuff, or where I wanted more intimate or um, m- melodic stuff, you know.
0: Now b- heading into this record, were you sh- sure you wanted to have vocals from the beginning or is this something that as the theme and the record came together, you decided that you wanted to work with your
1: friend a- to pull it all together thematically? Yeah, that just kind of developed. Um, I've been thinking about it for a while to incorporate right. some vocals, but um, me and Ardnor have known each other for some time and he's got a great voice. He also sings in the metal band actually. See, uh, yeah, <laughs> this whole <laughs> thing comes back to yeah. metal, that's why I brought it up in the beginning. Um, And one day I just invited him to the studio and I showed him some demos and asked him if he could try singing something on top of it, just see how it sounds like. And I think the first song we tried was a song that I was already writing and I wasn't intending on having vocals on it, but it just worked. It worked better with vocals. So we, we started exploring that a bit more.
0: Were you aware they had such a fragile kind of voice and he was capable of that sort of thing before yeah, working can, with I him? Yeah, I kind of was. Because a lot of yeah. people have even c- compared him to Anthony, which is probably the yeah, like the last yeah. kind of artist you would expect to front a
1: metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really. I, mean, I think An- Anthony could totally front a metal band. I, I, would, I would go see that. Yeah, yeah. I would All see right. that band. All
0: right, I think we want to shift the questions to the crowd now. Hi, um, I actu- I love your music, but I actually have a specific question about incorporating lyrics into your music. As you know, words have definition already implied behind them. Are you afraid this will take away from the objective evocativeness of your music?
1: Um, yeah, this was actually mine and Artnor's biggest challenge when we were... Um, making the record and deciding on you know what kind of lyri- lyrics should be there because we definitely wanted to keep that element in that we don't want to tell too much about what we're trying to say with the song because uh, what I really like about having been instrumental is that anyone in here can interpret the music in their own way and I'm not one to tell you what you should feel when you listen to the music. So we tried to kind of make the lyrics as vague as possible but still being able to speak from the heart. I don't I, know. I wrote the lyrics. I didn't write the lyrics. Um, but you're right. We were afraid of that. But I, I think we managed to keep the vagueness of it all. So
0: it's something I wanted to ask you about anyway. Is that with with the lyrics? I know you wrote the lyrics, but the theme. The, the record has a strong concept to it. So did you you both just kind of on the same page from the beginning, and then it just Came together that way. It's a yeah, really heavy yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Should um, we not even? Should I not mention what it's about? <laughs> um,
1: I mean, you can, but not really, because um, um, w- yeah, we had our own thing, and we definitely worked on the concept together. Uh, that was a full-on collaboration between us. Um, but I, I don't need to tell people our concept because it is very open for interpretation, and anyone can kind of make up their own concept.
0: Hi, uh, you can rest assured that your hair looks fantastic tonight. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I wanted to um, ask, you were saying you you play from the heart, you don't really like the mathematics and the the strictness of things, and I was wondering that since your music is evocative in general, um, when you sit down every night at the piano to play in front of people, how do those songs change for you as you go through different emotional states? And... um, if, if they don't, how do you tap into that side of yourself that, that plays along, into those emotions?
1: That's a really hard question. Because, <laughs> um, I, I mean, the nature of touring is that, of course, not, you don't feel like it every single day. You know, you play every single day for a month. Of course, you're not feeling it on every single show of that tour. And, you know, that's something every artist hates to s- tell their audience, you know. Um, so, but... There's something that I always find interesting about playing live is that every night we're in a different room and the music resonates in a different way, uh, the people react in a different way, the, a- the atmosphere itself is different, so every night, like, I don't mind playing the same song a hundred times because I feel like every night I'm playing a new song because the, the feeling that I get from it myself is Totally different every night. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question, but um, this is something that I find really interesting about touring.
0: Hey, uh, so you always come off as kind of a very studio guy, and you record a lot of your own stuff. And uh, you recently did, I think it was like an interview where you talked about the gear you use a lot. I'm wondering if you could talk more about technique and like what your normal applications are to either piano recordings or string recordings, your electronics.
1: Right. Um... Yeah, just in general. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'm, that's true. I I'm am a studio guy, and I, I, I look at composition as more than uh, melodies and chords. I look at it also as sound. and um, Like, especially when you're doing electronics, you know, the, the sound of the snare drum can totally change the whole feeling and idea of the song. Um, so I spend probably more time on these sound things than I actually do on writing the music. Um, I record with... Uh, Pro Tools and I collect a lot of old analog gear because I think new stuff sucks. (laughs) There's so much new stuff today that is missing the character. Like, of course, there's great quality stuff made today, but um, I miss the cranky old buttons and stuff like that. Um, Playing off the question about uh, your process, you've
0: gone about records in two completely different ways throughout your career. You have two records that you just did a song a day than this record where you spend a lot more time at this point. Now that this record's done, which have you found more rewarding, I guess, in the end?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually funny because when you spend so much time in the studio, like this record I spent a, uh, nine months actually in the studio making this record, um, so much of the heart can kind of go away when you spend all your time making every detail perfect. Um, and the spontaneity of it can sometimes go amiss, and you lose something. Um, so this is a balance I, you know, I admit I still haven't found. And this is why I did these projects before, where I forced myself to write a song in a day and just release it right away, to kind of get rid of my studio guy, because it's not always good to be such an engineer, you know, in a way. Because I, I like to play music from the heart, so it's a total. Con- contradiction that I, I like to make it perfect for nine months.
0: <laughs> so uh, do you think you'll do another one of those song a day things or uh, maybe oh make yeah, it a totally. s- song a week this time? <laughs> Give yourself <laughs> no, a little no, bit no. of a break? <laughs> no. So no, is that I something really you're like planning that, on doing um, soon again?
1: or? Yeah, well maybe next year or something. I have some more ideas. I, I like I that concept. I just like to take it to different places. Last time I did it in my living room, that was the whole concept. Uh, maybe next time I go and meet some in some local towns around Iceland or something, play with local musicians or something like that. Um.
0: Iceland's something I want to ask you about too because I feel like everybody kind of generalizes with you and and all the bedroom community guys and, that and acts kind of like maybe you guys just influence one another, but the thing is that the Icelandic music scene is so close-knit that everyone is influenced by lots of music that just has nothing to do with the kind of stuff you play. So what are a few artists that in the last few years that are Icelandic artists that maybe not in a direct musical way, but in a personal way or whatever that has sort of influenced your direction as an, as an artist? <coughs>
1: um, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm a big fan of Icelandic music, and I think half of the music I listen to is probably Icelandic. And it's, they don't all sound like siguros, if you know. That's what I'm basically trying yeah. to say here. Is that, yeah. <laughs> um, we have just as many crappy pop bands as you do. <laughs> it's just that you would never hear about them because you have enough of them over here, you know. Mm-hmm. But you hear about people like Zeroes because they're different. Um, but um, there's, for example, a great pop, well, indie pop band called Retro Stepson, which I really enjoy for their playfulness and just playing straight from the, the heart, even though they're doing super tight electro pop in a way. Um, Samaris is, o- is another new band that I really like. Um, I could just say any names, because you don't really know any of these. <laughs> <laughs> and the blurted blurser band. Just uh, put a lot of accent yeah, marks yeah. over it. That's all. We'll, <laughs> well, no one will ever know the difference. <laughs> I'm just making up band names
0: right now. <laughs> and as you get noticed more, have you haven't had any desire to, to leave Iceland and move to someplace like London or that for just like I a year? I hate London. OK, <laughs> one. what about New
1: York? <clears throat> New York has really tall buildings. Really uh. tall buildings here. It freaks me out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice here. It, it's a nice place. But it's hard for you to
0: get out of that comfort zone, right, of the fact that once you get out of the city of Reykjavik, there's literally nobody around, and you can really just clear your head in a way that you can't in a, in a metropolitan area like this. Yeah,
1: I kind of like how... Yeah, but I, I think, you know, in a metropolitan area like this, there's... Um, it's even you get even more alone, in a way. Uh, and I, I really like the intimacy of the Icelandic community, that everybody knows each other. It can be horrible in the dating scene. Uh, <laughs> everywhere else, it's kind of nice right. that you, know, you just know everyone. And I, so I know I'm not really thinking about moving away. I'm also, I'm away all the time. So it doesn't really make a difference <laughs> whether I move somewhere or just travel.
0: So do you have any other projects coming up, like movie scores or that, that you work? Because I know you've gotten more involved with working uh, on scoring stuff. People have been using your music a lot in movies like The Hunger
1: Games. And Yeah. Um, well, I just finished a TV series in the UK, which is coming to America as well in the fall, called Broadchurch. Um, it's a really good TV series. And we're releasing the soundtrack from that as well. I think it comes out here on the 30th of April, just in a few days. Um, I'm doing an Icelandic movie in the summer. But apart from that, we're spending the year just touring and promoting the record. There you go. (laughs) Promoting. With that, why don't we uh, give them a warm round of applause. All right, thank you.